So it seems like there may be a new proxy war on the way. It's not exactly kicked off yet, but things aren't necessarily too good at the minute, although I am a little bit optimistic that things are going to be resolved peacefully. And that is, of course, talking about the recent coup in Niger, which is this country here. It's uh, 80% Saharan desert, so it's mostly desert. Um, you insisted on calling it sub-Saharan, so... Yeah, because no one lives in the desert. They all live in the, you know, bit Southern below part, yeah. the Sahara. So I mean, their capital is about as far away from the desert as possible. But yes, this is a country we're talking about. It's a former French colony, and they're not too happy with the French, which is uh, fair enough, really. So here are um, the African colonies of the many various European empires. This is a map from 1884, um, after the Conference of Berlin, which didn't actually really do that much. It was meant to divide up Africa, but you know there were deals before and after, so its significance is often overemphasized. But as you can see, lots of uh, West Africa is French, and uh, that's going to be very, very important because lots of these countries aren't big fans of the French for it, and I wanted to point that out. So. I'm just going to briefly explain with this map on uh, up here that General, and this is a very difficult name to say, General Abdur Hamanani um, Chiani, there we go, I, 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 I tried, um, overthrew President Mohamed Bazoum in a coup on the 26th of July. And the deposed president was a friend of the West, and he basically ensured that they had close economic ties with us and helped us tackle Islamic extremism because I think the country's 99% Muslim and so they had a lot of problems with terrorist attacks and the like and they're trying to contain it and I think they worked with the French to um, kill all of these extremists that are attacking people and um, it kind of didn't really work and lots of people from Niger blame the French because they're like well they're this big powerful country how can they not get rid of terrorists Clearly, they're not scholars of geopolitics because they only need to look at Afghanistan when America and Britain were fighting the Taliban and lost. So, I mean, come on, be a bit more realistic. But that explains why many of them have been cozying up to the Russians because the Russians have been posturing just like, yeah, the French aren't going to do a very good job, whereas we can do a great job, particularly Wagner Group, um, which are, of course, Russian mercenaries. So... The coup also was informed by the fact that there was just poor governance going on and a high cost of living, which you can't really blame the French for because that's true of pretty much everywhere at the minute, um, especially lots of African countries. There is an argument, as I understand it. Again, I'm not too clued up on this part of the world's politics, mm -hmm. but I remember seeing on French TV, the French talking about the idea that they are still exploiting West Africa through essentially neocolonialism. And this isn't just like leftist term like, oh, you trade with Africa? That's neocolonialism. No, instead they were talking about, I can't remember the specifics, but when the French left their colonies, they didn't really leave, mm. which is why they're still there, where we're not, for example, in ours, fighting terrorists, because we don't have ties, we don't really care. Goodbye. Yeah, that's very true. And the French have kept um, relatively close ties, like they've still got um, a part of South America, which is technically France. Sure, but in the African section, like they mm. still have a weird amount of influence Yes. You shouldn't really have if you had actually left, which mm -hmm. a lot of people are a bit sus of, mm. as my understand it. I know that Algeria in particular is very kind of closely tied to France, and that's another sort of North African country. But 
they did get so annoyed that they attacked the French embassy. I'm not sure if anyone was killed or hurt, um, but they did try and, and burn it down, I think I understand. Um, although I've not really been able to find footage of what was going on other than just a bunch of smoke. So it was difficult to tell. But just to give you a little bit of a rundown on the country before we go into some of the details, um, it's the largest country in West Africa. It's got about 1.27 million square kilometers or um, 490,000 square miles. Um, it's nearly twice the size of the state of Texas. Um, as I mentioned, 80% of it is the Sahara Desert. So nobody lives there, so it's kind of pointless land. <laughs> yes. However, one thing that is important is that it is a significant producer of uranium um, with some of the world's largest uranium deposits. And what do the French use to power most of their country and export? Not Canadian uranium. No. They, well, they use nuclear power is what I was looking for. Um, but they don't use Canadian or Australian. They use their former colonies. Well, partly, yeah. They, they have diversified their uranium sources because, you know, that's smart. You don't, for example, do a Germany and get all of your um, gas from, say, Russia, which would be stupid. But yes, it's the seventh largest exporter in the world, and a quarter of those exports go to Europe, and most of that is France. So it's very important for the French energy sector, which is a net exporter. Um, we actually rely on the French for energy. So we would suffer as well if they lost all of their uranium. But this seems to be main onus for lots of European powers intervening, particularly because it's the energy security of Europe. So it's worth pointing out as well that there are neighboring countries that have had military coups that have sided with the um, Niger military that have taken over, um, that is Burkina Faso and Mali, and they said that uh, military intervention in Niger would be a declaration of war. So if the French sent boots on the ground, then Burkina Faso and Mali would declare war on the French. And uh, that's kind of making the situation a bit more difficult for them, because of course, if there were a coup in a country that's 80% Sahara, all you need to do is kind of siege them out and it will be easy, wouldn't it? Because they're already sort of subsistence farmers. So food is a big problem. And in warfare, you need large supplies of food to be able to carry out a sustained military campaign. So unless um, they manage to secure lots of food, you're, you're making a confused face. I'm not sure it's that easy. No. Well, it, it, there's more to it than that. But basically... No, but like, how do you actually enforce a blockade on them? That, that seems kind of mad. You reckon? Well, yeah, they're landlocked. How are you going to get there, for one? Well, you're not going to... It's not going to be a complete blockade, but it's going to do some damage, isn't it? Like if you invade a country, their food production goes down. And if you're living sort of subsistence living, then that's catastrophic, no matter what, whether you blockade or not. My point really is just, I don't actually believe that the French have the military power to do this mm -hmm. anymore. I mean, I'm, this isn't some jingoism from the English either. Like We are pathetic on the military front. I mean, you may remember that that's story. I think that's a bit harsh. Too. No, it's sincere because you may remember that story of the US general who had a conversation with Ben Wallace, the defense secretary, and it was mm -hmm. leaked that he called the US military essentially useless at this point. And then it leaked. A lot of people were talking about it as well, being like, yeah, no, it is. It's kind of embarrassing. Like the defense cuts we've made are ridiculous. Well, yeah, we, we haven't got a very large scale military, but some of the, the military we have, like particularly our, our special forces and stuff, some of the best in the world, right? But yeah, but we're going on a tangent. You can't take over like multiple countries with just like some minor, really good units. Oh, really? Sounds like a challenge to me. Well, we lost in Afghanistan. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, tangents aside, something that is um, quite significant. Here we have ECOWAS, who have imposed sanctions on um, Niger, the, the coup 
and they call for immediate release and reinstatement of the previous president. And this is very significant because um, ECOWAS represents 15 different um, sort of West African states, if you will. So it's Benin, Burkina Faso, Cabo Verde, um, the Ivory Coast, Gambia, Ghana, Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, Liberia, Mali, Niger. Um, I imagine probably not them signing it. Um, Nigeria, Senegal, Sierra Leone, and Togo. So that's a lot of the countries in the area basically siding against the people who have conducted the coup and the two countries that have sided with them. So if it were purely an African conflict, I think that numbers are on their side, particularly the fact that Ghana and Nigeria, very big and powerful countries in the region, um, are against it would change things. Um, are they actually willing to do anything though? Well, recently um, they, they realized that sanctions on Niger aren't really doing anything. And so they said that military intervention might be necessary. So it is entirely possible. However, I, I'm not entirely sure it's going to come to that. Um, also, um, unsurprisingly, um, former French colony of Algeria released a press statement saying that they condemn it and that yeah, they need to um, carry out an embargo on this country. Very strong terms. You know, Algeria, diplomatically very close to France because it's one of their colonies. So not really too much of a surprise. But the ousted president is still safe and sound. He's not been killed or anything. And it seems like it's been, as far as African coups go, relatively bloodless as far as I've been able to find out. And here he is with the president of Chad, and uh, that is the, the neighboring African country and not the captain of the football team, Americans. Um, so yeah, it seems like the fact that they've kept him alive means that they probably want to negotiate and get some sort of cushy deal because this seems to happen in a lot of sort of Africa and North Africa in particular. The military will take over, they'll have a coup. And then they'll come to some sort of settlement where they'll relinquish power and then they'll get some special privileges in return. So it's just how this sort of politics works in that it's a sort of bargaining chip to improve their own situation if they feel like it's bad. Although there could be some legitimate reasons for them doing it, like they think that they can run the country better. Although I still don't necessarily agree with overthrowing democratically elected um, presidents. Make of that what you will. But there are lots of agendas here. So, of course, I mentioned the fact that nuclear is very important to France and they're heavily dependent on this uranium from Niger. And Russia has been trying to leverage um, this reliance um, to try and expand their own influence and undermine the sphere of influence of European powers that have sided against them in Ukraine. And um, uh, there was an article here from France 24. Um, Does the coup in Niger threaten nuclear power plants in France? And they basically said, the coup in Niger has prompted concerns, blah, 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 blah. Um, but so far, um, source diversification and well-stocked inventories should be able to mitigate any disruptions in the short term. So it's only really going to be a problem in the long term, at least if this is to be believed, which I, I think seems reasonable. You know, the French aren't completely economically illiterate. They're not going to be in, dependent on a single country for the, their uranium, and there are lots of alternative sources as well. So it's only really going to be a problem if this continues, and I don't think it's necessarily going to. But as I mentioned earlier, um, the, the Russians have been making the most of this. Um, if I can scroll down, here we go. There is a, an African man there wearing a Russian flag for some reason. I don't really understand the point of that. But yes, it seems like they're just trying to promote themselves abroad and undermine the West. Pretty simple stuff, really. 
But Wagner Group in particular, the, the Russian mercenary group, have been releasing statements that have been trying to uh, sort of improve Russians' reputation. So this is supposedly a message from their leader in a telegram chat. So, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. This from the West could be a load of rubbish, but judging from what I know of the kind of things that they say um, and the kind of rhetoric they're using externally, it seems to make sense. It says, thousands of Wagner fighters are capable of bringing order, of destroying terrorists and not allowing them to harm local populations of these states. Um, so this basically suggests that they'd be willing to help, but they're not necessarily now. And this is only going to be against the Islamic terrorists as well. It's not helping the people who have conducted the coup. So they're just trying to kind of cozy up. Um, it's also worth mentioning as well that Russia's foreign minister, um, Sergei Lavrov, has condemned the coup as unconstitutional. So it's kind of that thing of, you know, how the Russians, they have an official... You can never really tell what the hell's going on with them. Yeah. But they have an, a sort of official line and then they have these points of diffusion away from them that are still, you know, plugged into the central control but also do slightly different things to what they officially state. I think that, that might be what's going on there. But here we have another one here that has some more quotes um, from Wagner, which says, What happened in Niger is nothing short of a struggle for the pe um, of the people of Niger with their colonizers, with colonizers who are trying to foist their rules of life on them and the conditions and keep them in a state that Africa was in hundreds of, um, hundreds of years ago. Apparently, I can't read. Today, this is effectively gaining their independence. The rest will, without doubt, depend on the citizens of Niger and how effective governance will be. But the main thing is they've got rid of the colonizers. Um, I, I don't really think it's quite in those terms, and I don't think it's necessarily fair for a Russian. I mean, USSR, known for respecting people's borders. I, I, I don't think so. Imperial Russia. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of places in, in Russia called like New Something, and mm. it's usually because, you know, we're colonizing this place, like New Holland. Yes. And I think they did colonize lots of other places just because they didn't colonize Africa. I don't think it necessarily gives them a right to Kazakhstan, Russian land, uh, mm -hmm. Alaska, Russian land. Yeah. Uh, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> but. Some of the propaganda that's come out of this has been kind of hilarious, and you drew my attention to this. Um, they've been trying to paint the, the French as zombies, and th this is um, some screenshots from, a, I suppose, a propaganda film where the Russians parachute in and they're like helping African countries belt feed their miniguns that I'm sure they definitely have. I mean, it really is just, I have drawn myself as the Chadwo Jack, you lose. I did think that actually Which, yes the, the French are zombies but I am Chad but it, but it is like an old age thing I mean I, I think Carl knows what was it a while ago like, he tweeted something about like the Assyrians had drawn themselves like carved mm -hmm. themselves into stone drawn themselves drew themselves what the hell am I saying anyway but they, they drew themselves as the Chad Wojak and then mm -hmm. I can't remember who they were oppressing but they drew them as uh, sad Wojaks so it's, it's official that is the most traditional meme yeah so <laughs> always works but I've included the video here um, if you wanted to watch it, but it, it's not that interesting. It's just, it's like an early 2000s, like amateur edited sort of video that you would expect to find online, maybe. But uh, it's not very good. But uh, yeah, you get the gist. But the one that made me laugh the most was this next one where there's just this African guy. He's got shelves full of food. Look at that. And there's a, a rat with a stripy 
a, a stripy shirt and a beret on, <laughs> stealing their food. <laughs> and it, it continually steals food and it gets bigger and bigger. And I think the implication is that <laughs> if you allow the French to stay there, they're going to get more and more powerful at your expense. It's the basic message, but <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for the ADL to you can this see, one out. You can, you can see why I like propaganda, though. It's so off the wall. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always interesting, to say the least. This is going on, yeah. To be fair, with the number of rats in Paris, this could be a reality. I mean, Ratatouille was a documentary. <laughs> have, have you seen the footage of in Paris where they just have like rivers of rats running through, and you've just got to stop, like. It's like a, a crossing or something for traffic. But here we are. Here's the brave Wagner fighter with his hammer with a, a signature W. <laughs> I can't believe that this is geopolitical propaganda. I mean, there we are. It is the current year indeed. Mm-hmm. There they are, shaking hands, <laughs> having okay, eating well. rat for some reason. Just... This is the weird thing about Russian um, statements or culture like this. In these circles, is that they just they don't care, <laughs> they just do not care. <laughs> so. I just found it entertaining. I know the French are probably going to be like, "We are not rats." Um, we know <laughs> you're frogs. <laughs> Different animal, not even in, in the same sort of family of animals. But yes, th- this is something that's going on. And uh, here is the final thing I wanted to mention: that BlackRock has been building an empire in Africa. There are lots of interests as well. Also. You, the US has been flying drones um, in Niger to target the terrorists as well. So there are lots of Western interests here already. And this seems to be some sort of proxy war between the European powers, America and Russia. And I want to draw a bit of attention to it. It's also worth mentioning as well that the US hasn't declared that there's a coup yet, which indicates that they intend to intervene diplomatically because you don't declare it a coup and then negotiate because it makes you look bad, funnily enough. And it seems like because they've kept the president alive, um, they've not really resorted to killing people, and that there's not open conflict and warfare yet, that they want to go to the table and negotiate a sort of peaceful settlement. And there is potential for everyone involved in this, the Russians, um, the people of Niger, the French, and the West more generally, can all walk away with you know a good settlement, supposedly. But that is kind of contingent on the fact that there may be unrealistic um, things that they're asking for, particularly, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the military that took over. They might say, "I want a gold-plated helicopter. I want Joe Biden to deliver it to me, or something like that," which would be hilarious. But um, it, it's very dependent on what people are demanding as to whether there can be a diplomatic resolution. So you can't necessarily disregard conflict yet. But I think that diplomacy seems the most likely thing at the minute. That could change. I'm recording this on Thursday morning. By the time this goes out, maybe things have changed. But that is my understanding of the situation, and it's important to keep an eye on it because the spheres of influence of the West and the East seem to be shifting very quickly, particularly in Africa and Asia. And it's important to keep an eye on because we might find ourselves with a very hostile world to Europe and North America very soon if we stop paying attention to this. If you appreciated that segment from the podcast of the Lotus Eaters, you can go to lotuseaters.com to get access to all the premium content that's on the site, such as the premium book clubs, this one on Julius Evola's Fascism Viewed from the Right. If you'd like to find out what else is being put out, you can follow on Getter at lotuseaters underscore com on Getter. Thank you and goodbye.